Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Midweek Simplicity Podcast, where we get as practical as we can in living our uh, biblical minimalism out or practicing simplicity from the life of Jesus. If you were with us last week in the Midweek Podcast, we talked about simplicity of schedule, how we relate to time itself, how we manage our calendars and commitments, how we relate to digital distraction. Uh, In short, how do we practice simplicity of time, elevating that which matters most and stripping away everything else? And today I want to continue that conversation in a sense by talking about one of my all-time favorite spiritual practices, the Sabbath day. And as we go, I think you'll see why the Sabbath day is so vital to a life of simplicity and minimalism. First off, uh, many of us operate with a sense of time poverty, meaning that we are time poor. Uh, We feel that there really isn't enough time in the day to do all that we want or desire to do. And as a result, Many of us tend to sort of rush through life with a sense of urgency, with a sense of hurry. In fact, uh, John Mark Comer in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, talks about how many of us go through life with a diagnosable hurry sickness. And these are just some of the signs or symptoms of hurry sickness, which is a real thing, by the way. Uh, We go through life uh, anxious, irritable hypersensitive to things that go wrong or people who sin against us, restless and unsatisfied, emotionally numb, isolated from God and others. And in the process, uh, we trend toward workaholism, uh, ignoring spiritual disciplines or things that connect us with the heart of God. Uh, And we tend to engage in escapist behavior or unhealthy coping mechanisms, whether that's binge binge watching Netflix, social media, alcohol, shopping, whatever your go-to is. Uh, We tend not to care about our bodies, uh, minds, and souls. We don't take time to care for them. And uh, we tend to have out-of-order priorities. Uh, that Those are some of the signs of hurry sickness, which uh, essentially describes everything that's wrong with America. Our sort of uh, dark side all seems to be rooted or connected in some way to hurry sickness. Uh, the intro to his book includes these words from Dallas Willard. Hurry, uh, Willard says, uh, involves excessive haste or a state of urgency. It is associated with words such as hurl, hurdle, hurly-burly, meaning uproar, and hurricane. Uh, He defined it as a state of frantic effort one falls into in response to inadequacy, fear, and guilt. The simple essence of hurry is too much to do, and we should make it our aim to live lives entirely free of hurry. Hurry is the great enemy of life with God. Hurry rushes toward the destination and fails to enjoy the journey along the way. And notice that Dallas Willard says that it's rooted in our sense of inadequacy. 
Uh, we have this sense that we are inadequate. Therefore, we have to buy more, run faster, try harder, own more to impress others or to prove something to ourselves or others. And on it goes. So that those are some of the rhythms that we often operate in. And then there's Jesus, who didn't own much of anything, who wasn't in a hurry. In fact, if you had to describe Jesus in one word, Dallas Willard would argue it's relaxed. That's Jesus. He's relaxed, at ease in the universe. He has margin. He moves slow. He experiences quiet and deep relationships and time alone with God and uh, delight and joy and clarity and gratitude and contentment and trust. Uh, Jesus is the very image of restfulness. But does that describe us? as his followers? Probably not. Uh, But one of the practices from the life of Jesus that helps usher us into that place, that helps make us more like him, uh, one of the cornerstones for a life of simplicity is the Sabbath day, which is an entire day taken out of every week for serious nothing. Well, not exactly nothing. Uh, The word Sabbath actually means to stop or to delight. Uh, It's a day of the week in which we stop. We cease all work and all domestic activity, and we devote it to rest and to worship, to delighting in God and in our lives in His good world. Uh, It's a day to engage in the things that make our hearts and souls throb with joy, a day to be filled up again. It's a day to slow down, to stop working, to stop worrying, to stop wanting, and to trust in God, to let God run the universe. Uh, The Sabbath is an entire day of the week where we hit the brakes on consumerism and say enough is enough. I have enough. No more working, no more buying, no more selling, no more desiring, no more running around at a frantic pace. I am enough. God is enough. I have enough. And now I can rest and enjoy God and others. The Sabbath day trains us in the art of contentment, Uh, a day where we no longer get or gather, but simply rejoice in what God has already given us. We remember that we don't need more money or more stuff. What we need is time to enjoy the stuff we already have with God. So rather than working more hours, to get more money to buy a brand new road bike, uh, which I'm tempted to do. Instead, I choose to spend time with God and my family, enjoying them both. I find time to get in nature and enjoy the road bike that I already own, but literally can't find time to ride outside of the Sabbath day. Uh, We hit the brakes on consumerism and materialism. We call out the idols of productivity and efficiency. We, we step out of the rat race for 24 hours. We step out of the rat race that is endless work to get more money to buy more stuff. Uh, the Sabbath forces us to confront and dismantle all of that. 
on the Sabbath day, we recognize that we have enough and that God is enough. We don't buy or sell. We turn off all of our devices and put them away. We stop being inundated with messages and advertisements and images of other people beckoning us to buy more and to do more. We carve out, in a sense, a temple in time, a place to meet with God and enjoy God and others. And if you practice this, uh, it changes the way that we relate to time. It changes the way that we relate to money and material possessions. It changes the way that we relate to technology, forcing us to confront and break many of those addictions. In short, it calls out our idols of busyness, of technology addiction, uh, accumulation, accomplishment, speed. Uh, They all get called out on the Sabbath day. And it leaves space for us to look beneath the surface and uh, let God into the deeper places in our lives, the places that we never allow him to go uh, in our typical lives of consumerism and speed. On the Sabbath day, our souls open up to God once more. Uh, But as exciting as all of that is, the reasons that we need the Sabbath are the same reasons that most of us reject the Sabbath. Because honestly, we love accumulation and accomplishment. We love being busy and living life in the fast lane. We love consumerism and buying stuff. And we're honestly afraid to slow down and to look beneath the surface because we are afraid of what we might find there. But if we reject the Sabbath, All too often, the alternative puts us in this place where we are, quote, too dead to truly live and too alive to die. We are stuck in limbo and our quality of life begins to fade. Uh, We don't work well. Uh, We tend to work too much, but at an increasingly low quality. Uh, We don't rest well. We get too little rest, again, at a low quality. We don't vacation well because we try and do a hundred things in a day, hoping to sort of supercharge our batteries in way too short of an amount of time. And typically we come home from vacation exhausted, ready for another vacation, a better one, a true vacation. Uh, And we aren't even entertained well. In fact, uh, Jan Johnson in her book, Abundant Simplicity, which I just recently read uh, halfway through our series, but I would highly, highly recommend it. Uh, She argues in that book that the reason we need so much entertainment nowadays is that it's all such low quality. I mean, think about this. If it really filled you, if it really entertained and restored your soul, then you wouldn't need so much of it. If you need four hours of Netflix and three hours on Instagram in a day just to kind of cope, uh, it's because the quality is low. You're malnourished. There's not enough sustenance in one hour. You need six. But you put all of this together and eventually you get to this place where we don't rest well, we don't work well, we don't vacation well, and we aren't entertained well. Uh, And even when we try to worship, we don't worship well. Uh, In fact, we often get so fatigued uh, in our typical lifestyles that we don't have the energy left to do what we know is life-giving. And that's a scary place to be. Uh, But honestly, a lot of us live there. 
on the Sabbath day, we refocus around the things that actually give us life. And they're often free things. A bike ride in the forest, a long overdue nap, a good homemade food, a hot cup of tea with friends, good books uh, that we already own but never have time to read, a slow walk in the park just to listen and be with God. Uh, we do things that restore our souls in God's presence, that give life. Uh, Dan Alander says it this way. He says, the Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. The Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is the best day of our lives. Without question or thought, it's the best day of the week. It is the day we anticipate on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and the day that we remember on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Uh, Sabbath is the holy time where we feast, play, dance, have sex, sing, pray, laugh, tell stories, read, paint, walk, and watch creation in its fullness. Few people are willing to enter the Sabbath and sanctify it, to make it holy, because a full day of delight and joy is more than most people can bear in a lifetime, let alone in a week. On the Sabbath day, we are restored in God's presence, and uh, we are are literally uh, given life on the Sabbath. It is a life-imparting practice. I've shared this before, but statistically speaking, people who regularly practice the Sabbath throughout their lifetimes live 10 years longer than those who don't. It is literally one of the most life-giving practices you can engage in. And it has become, for our family, an anchor in the storm of speed and materialism. It creates a foundation and a center around which you can build a simpler life with Jesus. A life with peace. A life with margin a life where we walk in step with the Spirit instead of running a hundred miles an hour without Him. We learn through the practice of Sabbath to rest well. We learn to vacation well, not frantic and packed, returning home exhausted, but choosing simplicity in the distance that we travel and the activities that we engage in when we arrive. Uh, we learn to relate better to technology in the world of digital distraction. And we learn to come back to the holy center and live life out of the center. We grow in our apprenticeship to Jesus, the one who hardly owned anything, who lived with a carefree unconcern for possessions, who walked through life slowly and intentionally in the Father's presence, who enjoyed life and was full of joy, even in the midst of difficulty. Uh, we learn what it means to do all things, whether eating or drinking or resting for the glory of God. We grow in simplicity of heart, of having a single eye for God and his kingdom. We grow in our ability to tune into God's presence and to listen to what he might be speaking to us. And we learn to seek first the kingdom of God, to practice simplicity of heart and simplicity of love. 
And as we do that one day a week, the rest of life begins to change. Uh, Jan Johnson in her book, Abundant Simplicity, uh, makes the point that simplicity isn't a discipline in the classic sense that reading your Bible is. Uh, Rather, she argues that simplicity is a lifestyle. It is a way of being. It is a way of of moving and breathing and, and living life. And the same is true for the Sabbath day. Uh, The Sabbath day is more clearly a discipline or practice than simplicity. Uh, The Sabbath day has a start and an end time. Uh, There are clear goals in mind, but it's also true that people who Sabbath live all seven days differently. It cultivates in us a new lifestyle. It becomes uh, the bedrock, the foundation for a new way of being. So that's the challenge this week. If you've never practiced the Sabbath day, take a Sabbath day this week. Our family has a 24-hour Sabbath from dinner on Friday to dinner on Saturday. Um, Give yourself a full 24 hours or at least ramp up to that over time if you need to ease into it. And during that time, during those 24 hours, we stop working, we stop worrying, and we stop wanting. All of our devices in the house are turned off and put away. We aren't exposed to advertisements. We don't have our phones. We don't buy and sell. Uh, We stop wanting more and instead practice gratitude for the abundance that God has already given us. Uh, We delight in God and our lives with him. We say enough is enough. We stop worrying During that time, uh, we allow God to be God and to take care of us. Uh, We recognize through the practice of Sabbath that our survival is not on our shoulders. We uh, enter the Sabbath as an act of trust and we let God run the universe. And you will be amazed to find that 24 hours later, when you turn your phone back on, that the world is still there. that it didn't need you as badly as you thought it would, uh, that God knows how to run the universe. Uh, we, we stop worrying about provision. We stop worrying about the future. We stop worrying about uh, home projects and the never-ending to-do list. Uh, in fact, on the Sabbath day, I intentionally view my home as a gift to be enjoyed rather than a project to be worked on or cleaned or maintained. Uh, I basically pretend for 24 hours that we're at someone's cabin or at an Airbnb, and I stop uh, thinking and worrying about what needs to be done, and I just disconnect and just purely enjoy where we are. Uh, On the Sabbath day, we stop working and our kids know that. Uh, In fact, last Sabbath, we uh, finished breakfast, which we usually try and make a a fun breakfast on the Sabbath. And I went to put our dirty dishes in the dishwasher uh, only to find that the dishwasher was full of clean dishes. So I thought about it for a second and then I thought, you know what? I'll just unload these and clean up a bit uh, and, and then we'll get back to what we were doing. It won't take long. And no sooner did I start, I mean, I was 10 seconds in and one of our kids said, dad, it's the Sabbath day. You're not supposed to be working on the Sabbath day. And I thought, you know what? That's true. Like I I have six other days to do all of my work. And today I'm supposed to be present and delight in life with God. The dishes can wait. Everything else can wait. And uh, this is a day for delight. 
which for me means lots of time with our kids, usually doing something fun outside. Uh, my wife and I give each other a three-hour block each, kid-free, uh, every Sabbath. So I usually have three hours uh, to nap, uh, go for a bike ride, and read a good book that connects me to the heart of God. Uh, oftentimes, it's helpful to plan some restorative activities in advance depending on how you're wired. Uh, and you can plan meals in advance too. Uh, some people make meals the day before so that they won't have to do any meal prep on the Sabbath day. Uh, others might use their Sabbath dinner as their one carry out meal for the week if you feel like you can afford it. But on the Sabbath, we eat good food and we engage in activities that fill our souls with joy and connect us to the heart of God. Uh, and obviously, each person is going to have different practices. And of course, what qualifies as rest and worship and delight for you uh, might never make my list. And that's okay. Uh, the important thing is to engage in this practice as the bedrock for a simple life, a life of abundance, a life of being grounded and centered, a life of walking in step with the Spirit. What are the things that you've always wanted to do, but have never found the time to do? If they are restorative things and God-honoring things, if they qualify as rest and worship and delight in the very broad sense of those words, then try setting aside a Sabbath day this week and engaging in those life-giving activities. Uh, and the last thing to remember as we close is that this is a practice. And it does take time. So be gentle on yourself. Have grace for yourself. Uh, commit to practicing the Sabbath over time. Uh, as you begin this practice for the first time, uh, it can be surprisingly scary. Uh, the whole uh, letting God be God and trusting in Him is scary. To stop wanting and worrying and working takes practice, if only because it takes time to silence the slave drivers in your mind, yelling at you to work harder and run faster and buy more and run to social media, uh, to worry about everything and never slow down. Uh, it takes time to silence those voices and enter delight with God. But it is so so worth it. I wouldn't trade the Sabbath day for anything. In fact, even when we take time off for, say, a week vacation, I'll often line things up so that we come home on a Friday just so we can enjoy our regular Sabbath day on Saturday. It's worth coming home from vacation for. It's that good. So start somewhere and start practicing. You will never regret mastering this practice. It is a source of life and joy, and you will literally live longer by enjoying it. Imagine 10 more years of life, which means 10 more years of Sabbaths and hopefully a Sabbath type lifestyle, which means even more joy. Uh, so we'll end with this. These are the words from uh, Hebrews chapter four. Uh, they, they write, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest. 
And with that, blessings on your minimalism journey. Continue following Jesus into a life of simplicity and abundance, and we will see you on Sunday.